morning, everyone. How you feeling? Great. Joy unspeakable. I love that old hymn. It was one that uh, came to my mind when I was thinking about a sermon about joy. And there's a lot of scriptures throughout uh, the Bible that talk about joy and uh, explains to us kindly what joy is to be in our life. And the one that uh, stuck out the most to me is in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. It's 1 Peter chapter 1. I want to read a little bit more than that, but verse 8 is the verse we're going to really look at that this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved as in heaven for only you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes away though it is tested by fire may be found to praise honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ whom we have not seen you love though now you do not see him yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory let's pray father we thank you for this day God, we thank you for a joy that can be in our lives. God, that no matter what we're facing or what we're going through, God, that your joy is with us, that it fills us, that it causes us to go on. Lord, even when it seems like all hope is lost, Lord, we can still have hope in you, in your resurrection. And Lord, that one day we will be with you in heaven forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The word joy is different than happiness. Joy is something that remains. Happiness can happen when something happy happens in your life. But joy should remain. It should stay there. It should be ever, uh, ever be a part of our life. That internally, that we have an internal joy as a Christian. Amen? That there should be something on the inside of us that causes us to have a joy. It's a feeling of great pleasure. And if you've been saved, if you've been cleansed, if you've been washed by the blood of Jesus, there should be something on the internal parts of you that causes you to have joy even in the worst of situations. Amen. Even in the worst of times and when there's trials, and that's what Peter is explaining here, that we we have been through some tribulation and some trials and some, some temptations and all these different things. But even in the midst of those things, there's a joy inside of me that remains. And it's unspeakable. It's something I can't explain. Amen? There's something inside when I think about the salvation that God has granted to me. The salvation from sin. The salvation from all the things I've done wrong. There should be a spring of joy inside. Amen? That is unspeakable. That you can't even explain. And when you try to talk to somebody about the joy that you received... 
at the moment of your salvation that there was something happened, that a change happened, and when you try to explain it, you can't even come up with words to describe what God has done for you. Has anybody experienced that? At your salvation, it was a moment where that you gave your life to God and you, you freely gave Him everything and said, God, I'm tired. I'm burdened. I'm beat down. And I can't do this anymore. I have to have you. That joy comes. It lightens the load. And it, it just like a, a, a freshness comes. And it's unspeakable. It's something that we can't even explain. It's, the New King James says it's inexpressible. You can't come up with words to explain. And there's places in Romans chapter 8, it says that there's a, a, a deep groaning on the inside of us that we long for God, that we're longing for Him. And that there's groanings and utterances which cannot be interpreted, that you can't understand. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this or not, a point in your life where in a deep, dark moment where it seems like that there's just going to be no way out of this situation, that it seems like this is the end. This is where it's all going to, it's, it's just the end of it all. That in the midst of that, that God's Spirit internally inside of you awakens you to remind you of the salvation that you have. You got to return to the salvation. King David said in Psalms 51, verse 12, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy spirit. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. In the midst of that storm, just like King David was going through here in Psalms 51, we say, Restore, God, unto me the joy of my salvation. Because sometimes the farther you get away from your salvation moment, maybe it's been 20 years, 25 years for you, maybe 30 years, 40 years. The farther you get away from your moment of salvation, there's troubles and trials in this life. Amen? We need to look to God as King David did and say, Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Does anybody need restoration today? Do you need God to restore some things in your life today? God, I need some things restored today. What things do you need most? The joy of your salvation. You need that more than anything else. And I'm sure we could all come up with a list, a Christmas wish list of some things we would like God to do in our life. But the thing you should desire the most is the salvation of God. And the joy that it brings. Because if we can rejoice in that. Apostle Paul said rejoice. And again I say rejoice. Rejoy us. Rejoice. Replenish the joy in my life. Is there anybody here today that's burdened down with the issues of life? Amen? That there's some things going on that you wish were different that you wish could change. Rejoy us, God. We need some joy in our life. If there's anything that the Christian church needs today, it's some joy. Amen. Amen. You go around, you see Christians, how can you tell who's a Christian? Usually because the one's frowning. It's the sorriest, saddest looking bunch there is. Amen. 
get around a bunch of Christians. They'll grumble, complain. Well, the devil's been fighting me all week. Glory to God. Been the worst week of my life. Just glory to God. He's kicking me while I'm down. The devil's just beating me up this week. I've been in churches where they testify. They'll stand up. Well, I'd like to give thanks to God, but the devil's been fighting me all week. And I'm just so broken down. And God up in heaven is thinking, Do you not understand? I gave my son so that you don't have to live in defeat. I gave my son so you can have joy in your life, that you can be happy, that there can be some joy, that there needs to be a smile on Christians' faces. That we walk around in the freedom that God has set me free from the sin I was ensnared in, of the trap that the enemy had set in my life. God set me free from those things. Where's the joy in the church? This song that Ernie sang. This young Christian, Barney Elliott Warren. He's a Christian hymn writer. He wrote hymns. See, in the old church, there was hymns. You had a hymnal. And when you listened to the words in those hymnals, it was words that had meaning. This Barney Warren... Born in back in the 1860s. That's a long time ago. 1867, I believe. He was born when the Civil War ended. Tragedy all over America. Born in New York. At age 17, he travels to a revival meeting. In 1884, he attends a revival and he kneels his knee at an altar of prayer and God radically transforms his life in an instant. Within a couple years, he joins a team that goes around from church to church singing. It's called a quartet. Has anybody ever heard of a quartet? Amen. Four you get four guys singing and a quartet going, and, and it's just a, a harmony type thing. I don't know anything about music, but I just like the sound of a quartet. It's pretty awesome. This guy joins a quartet. He goes around and he begins to sing. And as he begins to sing, he, I'm sure the joy comes up in his life. When we sing, it should bring a joy. If you're going through troubles and trials in your life, sing a new song unto the Lord. Amen? Begin to declare His handiworks in your life. And it doesn't have to be a hymnal. It can be the, the new praise and worship music. It can be any kind of music. As long as it's uplifting and upbuilding and, and talking about God, then sing. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, you need to sing again. Amen? It's not up to Leslie to be the only singer in the church. During a time of praise and worship, it should be a season where that every person in this church is lifting up their voice as a sound of triumph unto God and to the things He's done in our life this past week. Is there any joy in the church? There should be singing in the church. Amen. It shouldn't be one person's voice that's being heard. It should be a, a, a great chorus among us to where that everybody is lifting up their voice. This young man begins to sing. 
And as he begins to sing, he begins to think, well, I can write some words down on a paper. And, I can, I can, and God began to gift him with this gift of writing songs. He wrote over 2,000 hymns. 2,000 hymns. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's his. Why? How many things are you going to leave on this earth that others can bring joy to their life by what you're leaving behind? Barney Warren. 2,000 songs. I haven't written 2,000 words, let alone 2,000 songs. Amen? So many verses in Scripture. But Barney Warren wrote that from the verse we just read in 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 8. That there's a joy that's unspeakable and it's full of glory. The half has not been told. The half of the story of what God has done in my life has yet to be revealed. People cannot understand as a sinner, as somebody that don't believe in God, maybe they're an atheist or uh, what's the other word, uh, agnostic. Maybe they just think there is no God or maybe there might be a God or there could be a God. When you go to talking about the joy of your salvation, they just look at you like you're crazy. What are you talking about? They don't understand. They can't get a glimpse. They can't, their mind can't wrap around. What are you even talking about? Why, how can you have joy in the midst of this storm going on in your life? Amen? It ought to dumbfound the enemy whenever we can stand there and he pours out all kinds of hell in your life and you're just standing there with a big smile saying, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory. Yeah. Amen? What if we would sing? What if there would be joy in the midst of storms and the enemy would get so mad that it would bring devastation into his camp because he don't know what to do? If he could bring harm to your life and bring you down and get you into molly grubs and all beaten up on yourself, then he's won. Amen? He's won. But the Bible tells me that he's a defeated foe. Amen? He's the one. He don't have any hope. There's no possibility of him ever entering into heaven again. He was sitting up there as a song leader one day in heaven, and God kicked him out because he wanted to take over his throne. But today, he has no hope. But the church has hope. Amen. There's some joy in the church because we got a hope. We can't, it can't be explained. What are you going to do with that hope? Who are you going to share it with? Restore. Look at your neighbor and say, restore. Just like King David said. Psalms 126 verse 5 said, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Those that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Amen. If there's a season of sorrow in your life where it seems like there's nothing else to do but cry, let the water gates go. Amen. Let those tears flow down your face. Just sit there and cry. And let your heart have some aching happening where the tears begin to flow. Because when you sow those tears, that means joy is coming. 
Amen. Even though it may look like you don't understand, well, why are you crying? Because I'm heartbroken. That's why I'm crying. I've got pain going on in my life. And I'm crying right now because it aches, it hurts, and I can't explain it. But as I sow these tears, they're going to turn into joy. Amen. Does anybody have any pain right now that you just feel like you just need to cry? Let it loose. Begin to cry and let God see your tears. And He'll bottle them up in heaven. And He'll send joy back into your life. Don't hold back. As Christians, we think we got to look tough. The toughest thing you can do is bow down to an almighty God and say, I can't, but you can. It is joy unspeakable for glory for I wish that song would just get embedded in your mind. I hope Earl goes out and gets on a skitter and drives around all week sitting there in that skitter thinking about all the troubles and complexities of life and am I going to be able to pay my bills and just sitting there looking and driving and say, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen? What if? What if we would do what I'm saying here? Jesus said this in John chapter 15 verse 11. These things have I spoken to you, and that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. These things have I spoken to you. Jesus' words wasn't just so he could uh, speak. He was speaking with purpose. He was intentional about his speech. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may remain full. How many likes running out of gas? Anybody ever run out of gas? It's embarrassing. Amen? One time we had this little Malibu that we had when we was down in Harland and it didn't have a gas gauge. So I would trip the, the odometer and... and that's, that's how you do when you're poor, right, Adrian? You, you trip the odometer, and you, will try to, you try to push that, and you're like, yeah, I'll wait. And whenever it gets on 240 miles, I need to stop and get gas because I know that's how many miles I can go or whatever it is. So I'd hit this odometer, and apparently one time I either hit it at the wrong time or I re-hit it or something because I thought I had more miles to go than what I actually had. And I pulled out my job and took off down the road, and I didn't make about a mile and a half. And I was driving down through there, Coast off the side of the road. Oh, no. I don't want to have an empty tank of gas. And I had to call my buddy Joe. Joe, come get me. Joe leaves the hospital, comes down, and we drive down to the store, and I have to buy a gas tank because he didn't carry a gas tank around with him. Apparently, he didn't. He had a gas gauge in his rig. And he gets me, and we go down and get the gas in a gas jug and come back, pour it in the car and start it right up and take off. What if you had a gauge today where God would show you this is where your joy is? What would it say? Jesus said, I speak these words to you. They are spirit and they are life. 
these words have I spoken to you, that my joy might be in you, and that your joy would remain full. How many wants a full tank of joy today? I want to walk out of this place just bubbling over where that everybody I come in contact with is going to say, man, what happened to them? What kind of church service did they attend this week? What happened in their life? What's God doing in their life? There's something great going on. Amen? Joy will change everything in your life because it changes how you look at life. Am I going to tell you that you will have no more pain, that there won't be any more bad things that ever happen to you, that it'll just be a hunky-dory little life and everything's just going to be tiptoeing through the tulips and it's all just perfect? No. The guy that's writing this, Peter, ends up hanging upside down because he refused to be hung on a cross like his Savior, Jesus. He says, I ain't worthy to hang on a tree as he did, hang me upside down. And it's ten times worse, the pain and agony that he went through. But I can guarantee you as he's hanging on that cross upside down, there was a joy inside of him that was unspeakable. And it was full of glory because he was thinking about Jesus Christ and what he was about to inherit. Does anybody need a full tank of joy today? No matter what comes, no matter what trouble, no matter what complexities happens in your life, that there's something that will remain no matter what goes on around us, that it's all going to be okay and we've got just the steadfastness about us that we know God is well able to take care of this situation I'm in because I've just got joy on the inside of me. It's about my salvation. It's about what God is doing. There's a verse that I love. It's Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 is a story about this region of the earth that had some problems, that had some issues, that had some things going on. When there was trouble in the city, God sent an evangelist. When there was trouble in the city, God sent an evangelist. This young man comes through, and as he comes through town, he begins to preach. Paul says that there was a great revival in the city. A great revival in the city. And as this begins to happen, a revival begins to happen, what happens when God restores unto us our salvation? Causes us to be happy again. And guess what? There's other people out there that want some joy in their life. They're tired of the troubles of the, of the things that's going on in their life. They're tired of being beat down and never being able to overcome. Bible tells us that we're overcomers. We overcome by what? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And if our testimony is bragging on how much the devil's beaten up on us last week, that's the wrong kind of testimony. Amen? We are more than overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus Christ and His blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness, of all filthiness, of all the things of this world. His blood covers our sin. And we're overcome by the word of our testimony. What are you testifying about? When you get around your friends and they say, well, this is happening. There's bad things going on in my life. Are you sitting there saying, well, it's a bad happen to me too? Or are you saying, there's a joy inside of me. 
And it may look to you like that there's trouble going on in my life too, but you need to know about this joy of salvation that I've got on inside of me and begin to testify about the goodness of God and how he causes you to be an overcomer and begin to brag about God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, and you can just begin to go on a, a rampage on Scripture about all the things that God is able to do. He's able to keep us. He sustains me. He restores me. Begin to brag and testify about the goodness of God and the things that Scripture tells us. And as you do that, you'll have a testimony and you'll become an overcomer because you're helping somebody else. And the minute you get off of, of focusing on me and begin to think about what God can do in somebody else's life, amen, I'm telling you, you'll, become the over, you'll be an overcomer. You'll begin to overcome. And if it seems like it's been a long time since you've overcame, then begin to brag about God. Do like you did when you first got saved. Come on, somebody. Like you did when you first got saved. What did you do? You run around telling everybody. You couldn't wait to get back to work on that Monday after getting saved on a Sunday. You couldn't wait to get back in there to tell them, man, I got saved this weekend. God done great things in my life this weekend. I've got a joy inside of me, and it's bubbling over, and you just bragged on God. How long has it been since we've overcame? But Acts chapter 8, verse 8 says that there was great joy in that city. Great joy. When people was running around bragging on God, great joy was in that city. And I don't know about you, but all the things I've seen happen in our small community in the past month how many can testify and say yeah God we need some great joy in this city there's too much pain there's too much sorrow there's too much heartache there's too much devastation there's things that you know that you don't expect to see as a small little tight knit community happening we need to say like King David restore unto me the joy of your salvation God restore it and as we ask for that restoration, there can be great joy in a city when God begins to grow in the city. When we brag on God. When we tell our friends and our neighbors that God is well able to take care of whatever they're facing. The drug epidemic, the everything that we see facing our nation and our communities. I'll tell you the answer. His name is Jesus. It's as simple as that. Jesus is the answer. Leslie, come and play. How many would like to see some great joy in our community? That the people that's hurting, stand Nehemiah loved his town he loved his city he loved the region of Jerusalem it was the town that he had heard about his whole life growing up and he began to think about that Jerusalem town 
that everybody's bragging about how good it used to be. Nehemiah the prophet, God gives him favor in the sight of the king. He goes back and he goes to build those walls and begin to build up that city. And as he begins to do the work, you know the story of all the other ones that come, the naysayers that says, there's no, Nehemiah, just quit. There ain't no sense of building no city. There ain't no sense of building any wall here. It's beat down. It's broken. Devastation has happened. We're exiles. Just live with what you got. Just, just stay just like you are, Nehemiah. But Nehemiah said, oh, there's something on the inside of me. Tell me, it's time that God's become famous and we restore the city that he intended us to be. And as Nehemiah begins to build that wall, it's Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Nehemiah declares this to some of his people that's building that wall. He says this, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Is there anybody here tired? Spiritually tired? Physically tired? Emotionally tired? Just feel like I, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. You're saved. You're sanctified. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You know God is your Savior. But you're sitting here and we're saying we're tired. Jerusalem was tired. But until somebody determined in their heart that God is well able to build back what the enemy has tore down. This is real restoration. Amen. This is real restoration. And it may be a long time since you've sensed any joy of salvation in your life. But I'm here today to tell you, today's the day. Today's the day. If you will determine in your heart that you need some strength today, you need the joy of God. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I just want you to begin to pray to God and ask Him to restore your joy. If you've never asked Him in your life, today would be a good day for the first time ever in your life. Is you just give it over to God. Give your troubles, give your trials, give your complications over to God. And say, God, I need you. I need your joy today that, this, that Pastor Ben is talking about. I need some joy in my life. I need some strength, God. I'm beat down. I'm worn. I'm tired. I need joy. Won't you begin to ask him? The Bible says that if you ask, you shall receive. Just open up your mouth right now and say, God, I need some more joy. Lord, I feel like my gas tank is empty, God. I feel like I'm running out of gas. I feel like that I'm the end of my road. And God, I just, I just sense today, God, that you're wanting to restore some things in my life. And Lord, as Pastor Ben has talked about joy, I realize today that I don't have much. And God, I need more. So Father, I just thank you right now for every person in this room. Lord, as they're praying and their heart is crying out to you. And Lord, they're asking for joy in their life. God, I pray that you would give it to them tenfold. Lord, whatever they ask, they shall receive. And God, whatever pain they're facing in their life, God, I pray that you would just overcome them with joy, that they could walk out of here with a freshness, a newness on life. God, as they walk out the doors today, they won't walk in like they came. But God, they're going to walk out with a joy that is unspeakable and it's full of glory, God. And it's the joy of salvation that you promised in your word. And God, I pray for restoration right now in the lives of those that's asking 
God. The ones that's had joy before, but they can sense right now that this message is for them. And God, I pray today, right now, God, that you would just fill them up to overflowing, God. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, God. Fill them, Lord, just as you said, as King David said, my cup runneth over, God. Let our cups run over with joy. Let there be joy in our city. God, I pray for those families that are hurting, that are devastated, that just don't understand, God, why the things that's going on in our community. God, I pray for those families right now. God, that you would give them some joy in their life. God, that would overcome the heartache that is here. Jesus, thank you for everything you're doing. Restore unto us, God, the years that the canker worm has stolen. Just as Nehemiah rebuilt walls, God, and he said the joy of the Lord is our strength. God, I pray for strength as we walk out of these doors today. Strength to overcome. Strength to fight every battle. Lord, a strength to tear down strongholds over our community. Lord, where we wouldn't war against flesh and blood, Lord, but principalities and powers would be destroyed by the joy that walks out of these doors today. God, that things would be tore down over our community. God, as the enemy has tried to come in and tear and sift us as wheat just as he did Peter, God, you give him joy and he overcame. Let us have a breastplate of righteousness, God. The sword of the Spirit. Lord, that our belt would be a belt of truth. That we would have a helmet of salvation, God. Lord, with the shield of faith that we would be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy, God. Lord, there's some people in here today, Lord, that their faith has weakened to a point that they don't even have faith anymore and the enemy's been firing darts at them. And Lord, they can sense in this room today and they know, God, that they've been hit. Lord, I pray for faith to rise up in this house today. A faith to overcome. A shield of faith, God, that will protect them from the fiery darts of the enemy. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.